All right, kids, part two of our interview with Connor Larkin is always, once again, brought to us by our good friends at the Original Music School of Morristown. They've been shaping young minds for over 15 years. Fantastic teachers, fantastic staff. First lessons free, kids. Don't forget that. So go to OriginalMusicSchool.com or call 973-998-8977, and Dylan will be the guy on the other end of that phone call. Isn't that right, Dylan? Let's all I might have a spit. <laughs> I might have a spit. <laughs> Java, yeah. you're a great human being. Thanks. Is he? <laughs> Java sucks. McClunker. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Come on, guys. We're let's not let's not harp on that. Let's, I, you know, I let's just forget it happened. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. It's like it's like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Like I can't. I can't. Oh yeah, I, I chose to ignore that. I never watched it. It hurt. It really hurt. Yeah, I saw it. I chose to ignore it. <laughs> it, really, it really hurt. And then I watched that episode of South Park about it, and they like made it akin to. Oh witness. yeah, that that episode. I I won't watch that episode again. That that shit was like really uncomfortable. <laughs> it hurt so bad. But it was so true. Yeah, I, oh, man, I love that show so much. That's like one of the few episodes I I like, can't watch. <laughs> I just really wish that I, I I would love to put George Lucas and Steven Spielberg in like a in like a pit, and just throw one knife into the pit and just be like, "All right, sort it out, boys." That would be interesting. So I guess this is the beginning of the show. New section, new beer. Clink. Ah <laughs> oh, man, so we're at part two, and we're still talking to our friend Connor Larkin because it's his studio. And, you know, he, he hasn't kicked us out yet. They didn't want to do this interview. I made them well, do the other it. guy canceled, so. <laughs> I was like, I want a podcast. <laughs> Nick, I want a podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes, for real, good deal, my dear. Yes, for real. As, as, as soon as we get back to London, my dear, we'll get you a podcast, my dear. <laughs> no, I want this podcast. I want it now. I want it now, daddy. That's basically exactly how it went down, yeah. <laughs> yes, he sat in the corner and held his breath. Until we said okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that's like a thing. I like definitely did that when I was a kid. Like, <gasps> I never did that. I never did that. You know what my thing was? My parents never had a problem giving buying me toys because they knew um, I was going to play with that toy until it broke. And yeah. then I was going to repurpose that toy. Hmm. Yeah. My dad likes to tell people, like, he always liked... He he was like he I was his favorite at Christmas because Brilliant Thomas would be ravaging through all the gifts and I'd be stuck on like one Megazord and my dad would be like you know you got you got other shit other man. stuff I'd be like oh yeah okay cool yeah cool. I'll get to it <laughs> hang on I gotta figure out how to make the rockets go <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, yeah yeah I'm the same way Nick I'm the same way yeah no like I, like my I I would go to work with my dad and uh, like in the summertime I'd go to work with with, with my dad it was this his bullshit job he had this HVAC company he hated that job but eh, he liked it but anyway um, I would work and I would like help sort 
things in the warehouse and I would help them file things and I would constantly go out and hang out with the receptionist Mary Beth because she was really pretty and red, she had red hair and nice boobies and, <laughs> and even at a young at, even at that very young age of, of eight years old you I knew breasts were awesome I, I, I knew I knew boobs were great and I knew I knew Mary Beth had really nice ones and anyways but if I did a good job he would take me to Toys R Us if I did a really good job he'd take me to Stewart's and then Toys R Us. Ooh, yeah. nice deal. Oh, yeah. Friday, <laughs> Friday was payday, and I knew what that meant. Yo, you hosed him, man. <laughs> oh, dude, I earned it. I earned it, dude. I'm sure you did. I'm you just know? saying. I, I, think, I, I thought I earned it. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, we, um, so we, 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 we left at, at part one. We were talking uh, about your experiences at New Paul's. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and um, and then we we started talking about when you when you got to when you got to OMS yeah and uh, it was uh, it was Trevor that got you in the door and yeah but Anthony was the one that hired me right well you know it was his shop at that point right so he had the final say but um, so wh- what year was that how long what, what year was that I I want to say like probably like two thousand like it was like it was I was I couldn't have been working at my dad's shop for more than a year before I got the well, I would have fired you after six months. I should have been fired so many times. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was very nice to everybody at the at the shop, but other than that, I totally was the boss's son. Like other than me being cool with every, like I was right. really nice to all the workers, but I, I was totally the boss's son well, in every no, other way. It's funny too because I, I I stopped at DNM uh, to do tires uh, about yeah about a month ago, and uh, I I I called your father to give him a heads up to say hey Chris I'm 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 popping by for tires and he yeah. said yeah just just. You know, just just call just call the shop and they'll take care of you. And I called the shop. It's Brian behind the yeah. counter. Brian's super, a really really super nice guy. But, super uh, great mechanic too. Yeah, oh, they're, they're they're all great over there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Shout out to DNM on, on Main man. Street in Rockaway. But uh, I call I called. I yeah. Called, drop your car off and go to the exchange and get a beer. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of what I did to get yeah. tires. But I I, call, I called the shop and and Brian answered and I was like, hey hey Brian, yeah, th- uh, this is Nick Kena. Um, I'm I'm a buddy of Connor's, and Chris <laughs> told me it's cool. I'm going to drop my car off for for tires today and he just hung up on me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel really bad i feel really bad for brian brian was really nice to me and he didn't have to be (laughs) oh no well you know you're 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 easy to be nice to yeah he probably definitely just wanted to kill me either way though yeah like like, you're easy to be nice to because the first like you know the first time i met you like before you'd played anything in front of me I i thought to myself i think he has a mental disability I should probably be nice to this kid. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, ne- I never thought you were, you had a mental disorder. When I, when, I was, when I was, like, in middle school, I actually went to my mom, and I was like, am I autistic? And she's like, no. Who made you think that? I was like, I don't know. I just thought I was autistic. She's like, no. You idiot. She's like, you're dumb. You're not autistic. Yeah, when I, when I, was, when I was in middle school, they, uh, they, they had um, – they couldn't figure out why I didn't pay attention in school and why my grades were so shitty, so they put me on Ritalin. Oh, great! And that fixed nothing because <laughs> it, did, it didn't change the fact that I hated where I was. It didn't change the fact that I was com- just colossally bored all the time. Yeah, yeah, all the fucking time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another day. But I, I, I just I would start. I started. I, I didn't like what Ritalin did to me. I didn't like how it made me feel because it just it just made me feel really lethargic, and mm-hmm. it like made, like I didn't ma- it didn't make me pay attention any better. 
So I started, you know, I'd, I'd go to the nurse's office at lunch and I'd take my Ritalin and then I would just go out to the hallway and spit into the water fountain. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. I'm yeah, just, absolutely. I, I would like, you know, and I, I learned that trick from watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, uh, I love that movie. You know, because Jack, you know, they're, you know, not a close con. And like everyone, you know, all the, all the crazy people line up to take their pills and, and just wobbling. Jack takes his pills and he puts them under his tongue and spits them out, you know. You can do that? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I didn't even thought of that. Thanks, McMurray. <laughs> McMurphy. That's awesome, man. So um, you've, got a, you've got a pretty good stable of students. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. And, uh, and it's, it's really cool because I've, I've been fortunate enough to exploit your students um, with some of the charity events that I've done over the years. <laughs> and I've been able to incorporate... Your your students in, into into the charity shows that we've done, and they've been great. And I feel like it's a really great testimony to 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 you as a teacher, not just you, but the but the rest of the staff here, you, Dylan, and 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 uh, Sean Fairley, and oh, especially Sean. I mean, everyone we got working here is great, but like Sean is such a good teacher. He really like it, it shows. It really shows with the kids that are playing drums. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing these charity shows and these kids coming in, because we did it the past uh, couple of years in a row where we would do this charity event for the River's Edge Horse Sanctuary up, yeah. in, up in Sussex. And it, it would coincide perfectly with, uh, with your with – Getting the, the kids of, a gig. Well, with the end of the summer program. Right, exactly, yeah. Your, your songwriter summer camp thing. And so the kids would come in and play their original stuff. Yeah. At this charity show, and they're so jazzed to have the experience of like you know a crowd and a stage yeah. and like lights and shit. And, um, but it really, the, I remember like the, it was it was the thought I had in my head the first time we did this of how 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 chuffed I was and how how impressed I was with with you and 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 Dylan and and with Sean Fairley and the rest of the rest of the crew here because these kids are so. Freaking talented, yeah, man! And they they've learned so much about being a player with you guys. But it, it, what really was so impressive was how how well they handled themselves before and during and after the show. And and it was like one of those. It's one of those things that like they didn't like. It's like one of those things that their parents aren't paying them to learn about, but you're teaching them how to be good people. Yeah, it's not a talent show. It's not a no, talent show. Fuck that. <laughs> it's not. It's not a talent show. It's no, a, it's a community, man. It is. It's and a fucking community. It's like the same thing when you you know like you're at your open mic, and there's regulars. Yep. And we all hang out. We know each other. We're all friends. Yeah. We're bummed out if one of the guys isn't there. Yeah. You oh, see and- him the next time, and you go like, Yo, where the fuck were you, man? Yeah. I missed you. You know. Oh, sorry, man. I can't. You know, because it's it's and that's the kind of thing that, you know, and it's funny because it's like. You talk about the teaching and stuff like that, and it's weird because for me, like, I'm just trying to make musicians. That's all I'm looking at it as. And, like, you know, when I was 15 years old and you were playing music with me, I feel that is what I'm trying to do with my students. Where it's like, I want to show you cool shit, and I want you to be able to wrap your brain around it and be able to execute it. That's all it is. I'm not trying to put my agenda on you. You listen to whatever music you want. You right. make whatever kind of music you want. But, like, what's so important is it's, like, I want to be in a situation where, like, it doesn't even matter if the kid's 10 years old. Like, a 10-year-old 
who can hang with a 35-year-old is a great situation because they're just musicians. Right. Just playing music together, and that's yeah, what I'm well, trying and, to get and with, it's, these, with these guys. Well, it's, it's so fucking important because, like, learning learning your scales, learning how to play the instrument you want to play is so important. Well, yeah, it's all fundamental but, stuff. But work ethic and and how to just how to be kind, how, how to listen Mm-hmm. To other opinions, how to listen to other you know points of view, um, you know specifically talking about music, but like you know, but then but then also in like a talking shop kind of way, and and in a and just like because it's it's one thing to be a really good musician; it's one thing to be a guitar virtuoso. I know so many great guitar players who quote unquote do not play well with others. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's so many people that are super talented that I know, and I will never call them. But, yeah, because they're, 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 they're either so wrapped up in their own heads or their head is up their butt or whatever, however you want to describe their, you know, their hang-up. Um, and it's one of the, like, I was talking, like, when I was just saying it before about, like, going to work with my dad. Um you know, it was you know it was an H it was an HVAC company. You know, you know heating and air conditioning yeah. and plumbing and shit. But I hung out with grownups, and I would like I would like fake sick to go to work with my dad. <laughs> and like like my my mother worked uh, my mother my mother is still a nurse, but she was she worked uh, in the in the NICU neo, neonatal intensive care in Morristown, mm-hmm. and she would leave early in the morning. Uh, so I would wait until she left and like, like, you know, like as she's getting ready to leave, I'd be like, mom, I don't feel so good. Oh no, I don't feel so good. And I would, I would like take the thermometer and put it over the light bulb. <laughs> oh, you get, sneaky get it, son get it up. of a bitch. And I would look at it. Like, I wouldn't get it to like 104 because I'm dying. Right. And then you're going to like, the hospital. I would get like 99.9, 99.9, 100.1. Low grade fever. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're so good. <laughs> and I would show it to her, and she's like, oh, well, all right, well, hang on, let me let me call the nurse. And she'd call us, she'd call the school and leave a message with the school nurse that Nick's not coming in today. And then I would just wait, and then my dad would get up to go to get ready for work about 20 minutes later. And I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm like sitting eating cereal. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not going to school today. Why not? I don't feel good. Really? I'm gone. All right. <laughs> Come on, get in the truck. <laughs> yeah, hop, dude. And I'll hop in the truck. I would hop in the van with my dad and I would go to work. And I, I feel like I learned a lot by hanging out with adults about how to interact with people. Well, you're hanging out in with, general. with people. And I, it, it, but it kind of spoiled me too because I really didn't like hanging out with kids my age ever because yeah. they were just so stupid and no one drank coffee. <laughs> well, it's like, you know what it is? It's like, it's like you went. All right, the thing that makes making art so fantastic is. Like through like osmosis or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, is you start to develop you develop a personality, and this is the thing that is so great about our students is like most of them like are friends with each other, they like hang yeah. out with each other all the time, and they're like developing their personalities, and like it's really it's really crazy to see these like just these people that came in like whenever they started, and it's like now they they come in you know when you come in it's like ah oh, this kid is trying to like figure out their way, and then like. Less than six months later, they have this whole like vibe about them. Right, you know they're not just good musicians. They're like they're like they're this person. You know, like it's not this little girl can sing. That's Sylvia. 
You know what I mean? Like, this kid can play guitar, but that's Abe. Like, you know, that's who Abe is. Like, yeah, he can play guitar, but he's got this whole other shtick about him. Like, he's, he's his own we, person. We, we you know were what talking, I mean? We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago um, after one of the open mics. Where, like, one of the cool things is, like, these kids hang out together, not just at the school. And these are kids that live in Chatham and Madison, yeah. Forum Park, Morristown, Rockaway, Denville, wherever. But, like, they've met here, and they've developed a bond and a friendship and they'll hang out together. And like when I was a little kid, and like I'm sure it's this, and it's the same for you both. When we were little kids, like you didn't hang out with kids from other towns, dude. I was in a band. Your mom's, dude, not, your mom's not driving you no to way. another town. If you can't walk to that kid's house or ride your bike to that kid's house, you're never gonna fucking meet that kid. Yeah. Again, like to come back to my point, the first band I was ever in was my neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you but know like, what I mean? you know, like it's, it's really one of those great things that, like, you know. It really is. It like you know. It's a testament to like you know what you guys have 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 been able to cultivate here, of community, man. It's yeah, the most important community. thing, to me. and it it's really the most important is the thing. most important thing. Because if you know, and because if we're not lifting each other up, we're pushing each other down. Absolutely. And you guys, and that's the problem with the tri-state area, as far as I'm concerned, regarding like the business. It's everyone. Anthony used to say it this great thing. Anthony used to say this great thing to me, where he was like, "Everyone needs to start learning to live in the realization that there is abundance everywhere." Which I think is great. Everyone always thinks that there's not enough. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. And when you see this kind of thing happening, you start to realize how there's an abundance of just opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that guy, like, like, oh, that guy plays bass too? Like, yo, I got to kill this guy so I can get his gig. No. That guy's great and he's doing his thing with yeah. those great. Because these guys get along. But hey, like... He's not around. He calls you because he knows he can rely on you. Yeah, and then you know? and that like you know that's like you know this like there is when you have a sense of community, and because I've done it so many times, like I'll, I'll be going out of town next week, and I'm gonna need guys to fill in a couple a couple of my open mics because mm-hmm. I'm going out to Pittsburgh, and I'm I'm playing a couple shows out there, and you know going to see my girlfriend and do uh, a friendsgiving thing, right? And I'm gonna need some coverage. I'm not. I'm not cutthroat about the fact that there's other open mic hosts because that's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad to know other open mic hosts. I'm glad to know that there's, you know, and again, like I always send people when people like if I if someone comes to one of my open mics and it's like their first time, mm-hmm. I'm immediately pointing them to the like the five, six other open mic hosts that I know that I love that I know put on good shows. I'm like, oh, check out this room. Right. Because it's, it's, it's not about you being the best at it. It's yeah. about it's about like, oh, wow, like you're new to this. You, you're you going to love yeah, it's, these people. It's about cultivating that feeling of community. Like, you don't know who Mary Bird is? Oh, my God. You're going to yeah, love her. She's a sweetheart. Mary Bird. You don't know who Dan Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. Go check him out. You know Exa- what I mean? Exactly. Like, and, and, and like you know, and to, to keep that ideal going as a, uh, you know, as 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 artists and musicians, to to help each other up instead of pushing each other down, I see that in these kids, mm-hmm. and I see that they they support each other. Yeah, they. And when they and like yeah. when, we, when we when like you know, I saw it firsthand. And it made me. It made it just. It, I got goosebumps watching these kids because like one group would get off, get off the stage after their set, and they're greeted by just this sea of high fives yeah, yeah. from their fellow students. And everyone's like, yeah, man, good job, good job. You know, everyone's like, everyone's clapping. Everyone's supporting the act before them and the act after them. Right, absolutely. And hanging out and listening and appreciating watching their friends get better. And that's, and, you know, and, and, you know it's, it's, it's great 
it's and it's it's so obvious and inherent to watch these kids become better musicians by coming to the school and learning how to be better players. But really, the coolest thing about the development of these players that I've seen, from my point of view, is watching these kids appreciate each other. Yes, and 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 form their own next generation Absolutely. of community, and, it, and it, makes, not, it makes me so happy to know that, like, when I die, there's, there's I have be nothing kids to, to fill the shoes. I have nothing to worry about. Yeah, I have nothing to worry there's about. Music, be music, a scene here. Music will be alive and well. Yeah, yes, I totally agree with that, and it it really like, you know, and before I started teaching, that wasn't even a thought. I was so I was so self centered. Because I was stuck in my thing. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd gone and played with these other people. I came back to New Jersey. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I felt very detached because, I mean, shit, like, the meat locker was our stomping grounds. I mean, we were in that band Magnolia Sage. <laughs> Fucking meat locker. I mean, it was the most, dude. But, like, you know, me and Dylan were in this band called Magnolia Sage. We were, like, this post-rock band with our friend Rob and Rich. And, like, holy shit, man. Like, that was some of the my favorite art I've ever made with people. And, like, it was crazy because we would play this, like, instrumental kind of chilled out, but, like, then it would get huge kind of music. Very niche kind of thing. And there'd be, like, 80 to 90 people stuffed in this basement, and they're just like, oh, <laughs> just listen. <laughs> See, and I, just having the best time. And, like, I love that. So coming, you know, be, going away from that and then, like, being, like, being very studious, mm-hmm. learning this whole other thing, don't get me wrong, like, the funk scene and the jazz scene in New Paltz was great, but, like, I, it, it was a steep learning curve for me because I wasn't playing music like that. And I got to learn it, and it was awesome. But when I came back here, like, I was like, who's playing, like, who's still around? Yeah. Like, what hap- Like what happened to everybody? Right. And after a while, once I started playing around, it was nice to see that there's still, there's still a scene, and that was really good. But, like, I felt so, like, out of... I felt so out, out of the loop. loop. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, like, I, I, I mean, I was there for three years, you know what I mean? Like, that's, well, a, long, I, that's a long time for music. I had a similar feeling, because I lived in Phoenix for, like, about six years, and... Like, well, shit, I, you were gone twice as long as me. Yeah, well, it was it was weird because when I when I was out in Phoenix, I kind of built I built a scene out there mm-hmm. and started open mics out there and jam. I had you know I had a cool group of players that I I love I love those boys so much. I had this band called the Porch Dogs. Yeah, and it was just it was me, my buddy Terry, um, and my my pal Doc and my buddy John Carpenter. And Randy on drums. Randy's like the craziest son of a bitch I've ever worked with. <laughs> I, like I love the pieces. He was so he's such a great drummer, but he's so crazy. That happens. Uh, he, you know, it's, well, that's actually kind of my favorite thing about Sean Fairley is how tame he is. Yeah, but like, like <laughs> it's like suspicious. Like, just, it's just, like suspicious. Most drummers are nuts, you know. He was. Oh, he'll get us one day. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna do us in Randy, big time. <laughs> Rand, Randy is uh, Randy is as if like like picture animal from Doctor Teeth oh, and, and Electric Mayhem. You know the the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy was Randy is uh, animal with a Confederate cavalry hat on. Oh no! <laughs> I liked all of that until the last bit. <laughs> oh no! He wears it well. He wears it well. Um, but just crazy as the day is long, and he would take drum solos that started on this little three-piece kit, and he would then start playing on the windows 
And then yeah, yeah, you told me about this guy. He would play across beer bottles and wine glasses on a on a on a tall table, and then stand up on the bar and play the glasses hanging above the bar, and maybe break a couple. But he didn't give a shit. He'd just keep going, (laughs) and then just walk all the way around the bar playing this drum solo, and then get back to his 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 kit and everything. Still in time. Yeah, that's crazy. Just he was so he was so much fun to work with. But like I love those guys. And when I came back to Jersey, I was kind of nervous about <laughs> oh, that was really funny. <laughs> Dylan went to grab a beer and caught her spread his hand. Like, like, no, those are my beers. <laughs> nah, you can have one. But um I will have a beer. When I when I first when I first came back to the area, um I was working construction with my uncle Ralph. And going to open mic nights, and I I was going to uh, 54 Main in Madison, was running an open mic at that point. That was one of the first ones I went to. And then a few weeks later, I met Mary Bird. Mm-hmm. And this was after seeing her sticker on, like, ev- on the back of every stop sign mm. in Morris County. And I, w- I, w- I just went, I went down there to hang out with some friends, and she happened to be playing. And I recognized her from the sticker. <laughs> oh really? The caricature sticker that she has everywhere. It's pretty good. It's great. I, I haven't seen it. I'm I'm very like, curious. It's on, it's on my guitar case. I'll show it to you on my. Yeah, I can't wait. That sounds um, awesome. But I I, I just recognize her because the 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 smile in, in that picture in this cartoon of her is so exactly right. So I just walked up to her on when she took a set break and I said, "You're Mary Bird." She goes, "Yeah." I was like, hi, hi, my, my name's Nick. And I was like, you know, I was very, you know, awkward, but like, you know, I just wanted to say hello and 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 and, sh- and shake her hand. And I, I casually mentioned to her that I, you know, I, I was looking to run an open mic in the area. And a few weeks went by, and then she shoots me a phone call and says, yeah, I'm sure hey. she gave you a lot of good advice, too. She, she did. Because she, in, in because that, she, under, she understood Community. what it actually is about. Like, you know, that's another thing that kind of bothered me about college to a certain degree. Like there was, I don't know, it's almost like I feel like the the negative to it is it's like they almost kind of like you, I, I hate to assume this, but I almost feel like some of your teachers are kind of like, not in like a, hey, I told you so kind of way, but more like, hey, watch out for this kind of way. They really yeah. do talk about this thing where it's like, hey, like there's a lot of people out there doing what you're doing and you got to really bust your ass, and it's true. It but is. I you think the bust your ass. I think though, what the the I think that when, once you find that place, though, it couldn't be farther from the truth. And I think that it's really something that we all need to kind of like get together and really work on. Is it's like instead of looking at this place where it's like everything's oversaturated, like let's find a way to all get a piece of the pie. Right. I mean, like when like this old engine, great band, like Glenn, Billy, and all those guys, like. They couldn't do a horseshoe tavern gig. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, boys, it's yours. Yeah. Because they trusted us. It wasn't just like, ah, psh. they could have just blown it off and let it let somebody else deal with it. But they like literally name dropped us because like we're friends and they trust us and they know that it's all a communal thing and it's awesome. And we're I'm really grateful to them yeah. for doing that. And that, th- that creates a huge sense of closeness to me. And like, I'll keep them in mind if we can't do something, mm-hmm. you know, and it's great. And everybody wonder- can share, you know. I, I always wonder why, like, I get why they call themselves this, this old engine because they do a lot of dead. They could just shorten it and call themselves Toe. There's already a band called Toe. Oh, that, yeah, there's oh, that. Yeah, no, there is. And that's probably why they do it. Okay. All right. Mystery yeah, solved. but this old engine Thanks, is a Shaggy. really cool. That's a really cool band name, though. I, it, I, it, I it, hate. I feet, love those though, guys. So I never listen to them. You know what's like that? Feet are gross. 
They smell bad and they're sweaty. Try walking without them. We're not talking about feet. We're talking about a band. I know. <laughs> yeah, but they're not singing about out. feet. Toe. <laughs> toe. The toe I know is like this Japanese instrumental band. They're not even. No, they're not even talking about anything. <laughs> yeah, no. It's. I understand. It's. It's something I have to get over. No, but um. Wait. We, can I pee real quick? No. Yeah. Do it. I'm gonna pick. He's gonna go pick. What well, can I make? I just want to make this point real quick, because uh, just just to wrap up this point we're making okay. here, because this this sense of community that we have in this area, um, is is unlike any other scene. Yeah, I agree. Because it that. is very cutthroat when you get to New York. It's so fucking cutthroat. In in yeah, I've never in, had to feel like I've played shows in the city. And they are miserable. The the worst show I've ever played in my entire life. I was in this band, Capital, and I loved Capital so much. It was one of my favorite projects I've ever been in. Um, she passed away years ago, but this girl Alana, just such a talented, wonderful songwriter, just a beautiful mind. And um, how'd, you know, she, how'd she go? It wasn't good. Mm. But um, sorry, it's okay. It's okay. She was she. But anyway, she was great. And I was with my with my with my buddy Chris, who was the guy I went to New Paltz with. Mm-hmm. Great guitar player, great songwriter, and then our friend Steve Kunzel, who is just such a fantastic drummer. And um, you know, here we are writing this like, and she was really into prog rock, and I never met a girl who was into prog rock. So already I was like, "What? <laughs> Can we make it out?" <laughs> oh, dude, she was she was great. She showed me so much awesome music, but like, you know. Anyways, like, we're and the songs that she wrote were killer, man. They were special too, you know. And like, we played the show one time. I couldn't tell you the name of the bar. We go down in the bar's basement. They had some rickety stage, and we played for the bartender and the bass player of the next band who was taking a nap. <laughs> been there. I'll never Fucking forget been that. Been there. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. That was the worst show I ever played in my entire life. And it's the city, man. You make it big. Yeah, Meanwhile, the week before that, we're playing some show like in New Brunswick. Some dude's house. There's 200 people just crawling all over the walls in the in the in the and small house. Every second and of it, and they're freaking freaking out, man. And like they're in my home, they're in my home state, you know. Yeah, it's there is such a like a great sense of community that we've got going between the musicians in this area in, in in New Jersey. Like we 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 look out for each other. You know, if I if, if I can't do a gig and like I get I I get, I'll get a text message for at least one bar a week asking. Oh, can you do this? Can you do this night? I'll look at my calendar. If it's blank, I'm there. If it's if if I can't do it, like oh, I I can't do it. Well, let me make a few phone calls mm-hmm. and let me see who's around because I know a lot of guys that you'd be happy to have in your bar. Mm. And so I'll just go down the list. You know, you know what you know what what did you what did you want? Did you want a solo? Did you want a duo? Do you want a full band? Because I can fill that blank for you. I'm not looking for a cut. I'm looking to get the guys. That deserve the work, work. I don't know if it's a Jersey thing, but I know that it's a thing that I have in my community for sure. I don't. I'm sure a lot of states have this, but like, I I, I, I like, couldn't tell you because I came you know, I came home. It wasn't a thing I saw in Phoenix. I came home and I got the gig here, mm-hmm. and ever since Lady Marmalade started taking off, like it's just been people sharing. Yeah, and it's awesome. And I I you know I know people that are in New York and Philly and stuff like that, and like. I don't really hear them talk about it that way. No, I, 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 I'm sure that there's stuff like that going on, but you well, know, I don't know. From what I get, in, I feel it here. From what I get, is, in and that's New what York, I like because the New York scene is so saturated, and it is, you know, Manhattan isn't an island; it's so tiny. 
it's big, but it's not little split, little space. A lot of people. So yeah, so like it is. It's more cutthroat, but even like you know, like it's just if we if we're not helping each other, what are we doing? Absolutely. You know, what's the point? What's the fucking point if we're not if we're not helping the person next to us? You know, and you're like it's just you know it's one of those things we talked about it in the Brody interview. You know, and it's something that Mingo had said to me. You know, that's what I love about Mingo. Like Mingo, like, exactly what we're talking about. Like he is the physical embodiment of exactly I know. what we're talking and, like, about. And like it was, it you'll was, never feel more at home than when you're hanging out and playing yeah, music and with it, that guy. It, and it was, it was Mary Bird who told me to go check out Mingo's open mic up at the Greeks in Andover. And then I met Mingo, and we we jammed for three songs, and I shook his hand and said, "Hey, if you're ever looking for for you know for." For backup on anything, let me know. And the next day, he called me. He's like, "Hey, I got a gig at Panther Pub on Friday. You want to come sit in with me?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, sure." I had no, I, I have, I have no idea what a set list is. He played a bunch <laughs> of original stuff. He likes doing it that way, though. Yeah, no, I, I love that. But like, he, and he well, played, it's great for me being so methodical all the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm always but, so like, oh wait, wait, I gotta, oh wait, I don't, you don't know what song you're doing. Zone. And it's great, and I love it. And it's funny too because he's the kind of guy where like you can make a thousand mistakes, he still loves you. Oh yeah, and you know? like you know, but like you know, like in the, he played a bunch of original stuff that night, and there's like there's, those originals I'll never forget them because they're they're so good. But um. But within pause, 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 pause. Hold within a day, I gotta, I gotta be so hard. I gotta, I'm so sorry. I'm I don't think so we're gonna pause here. No, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do this. And we're back. And we're back after Connor's pee break. Thanks for being excellent to me, guys. I peed too. Oh, thanks for. That's being what it's all about. Us too. They peed. Actually, Connor and Dylan peed at the same time. Had a little sword fight. No, don't. Tell he him that. no. I would look. The truth is, is I would love to do that with him, but he's pee shy, so he oh, won't do it. I am. Are yeah. you? I am. I really am. It's okay. It's not to be shy. I though. think. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good bonding experience, but I respect his space. Yeah, I, I, I want to do it with you too, but I just can't do it. I know, Del. It's okay. You just gotta. Fo- <laughs> you just gotta fo- One day, I hope to pee off a mountain with you. You gotta. You got. <laughs> that sounds so nice. You gotta nice. focus on the bowl. Focus on the bowl. That's all you got to do. I guess. You know? And yeah, don't look at my one weird ball. <laughs> well, if you, if you, Connor, if you shave them both, they would look uniform. <laughs> Why do you just shave the one ball? I think it looks really cool. <laughs> it's like parting your hair down the middle. Well, you ever see the guys that like shave half of their head? Like, that looks kind of cool. No, it doesn't. <laughs> to Mingo. Back to Mingo, one Mingo, of the most excellent human beings. Truly one of the greatest people I've ever known, but he, he he was so supportive when I when I got back to from from Phoenix, when I came back to the area and and I asked him about places to play, where does he where can he recommend and like, you know, he he brought me on that gig at Panther Pub within like a day of me meeting him. He was like, "Oh, come play this gig." And we played that gig, and then we played another gig, and another gig, and then we, he takes me up to fucking Woodstock, and we played gigs in Woodstock. Yeah, he's been trying to get me and Dylan up there for a really long oh, time. Oh, do it. Fucking yeah, I know, do it, I know. Man. It's yeah, so absolutely. worth the gas money. It's absolutely. totally worth it. You'll it's hard make, to take time off of here. Right, I, you know, yeah, like, like, it's hard to, like, you can't book a Thursday night, but, like, if he booked you for, like, a Friday night and a Saturday night, go fucking do it, boys. Mm. It's totally fucking absolutely. worth it. No, I know, I, I know it would be great. It's just making it happen. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been tricky for me to, to get back up there recently just because he, like, the last couple times he's asked me about it, it's been kind of short notice and I've already, or I've already had the night booked or, like, I've had, like, he's like, come up for Friday and Saturday and, like, 
I've already got Saturday and Sunday booked. Like I can't drive the fuck up there. Uh, you know, but like it's like Actually, it's like a logistical <clears throat> thing, not like I don't want to play with Mingo thing. Well, that's yeah. exactly what we're talking. Yeah, right. we're on the same page. I I don't know if I've ever asked you personally about your work ethic, but it's awesome. Mine? You work six fucking days a week here at the school. Yeah, dude. And you never go off anywhere. You always make your lessons work and all that. I have gotten oh this is a weird thing to talk about because it's like i don't think about it hmm. i because it's like for me well i was talking to you the other night about how like you know like the other night which was really morning like <laughs> i was practicing what's well, nighttime for us like i was practicing the key of d flat from like two in the morning until like six in the morning because it's like for me like i don't really have like that kind of work ethic in the sense where it's like i'm gonna like I don't know. I block. I block stuff. I, I make time for things, but like I, I will sit there until it's done. Which I, I guess is like kind of the thing that you're talking about, maybe. Where it's like, I like if like I'm not gonna sit there and be like, okay, I, I'm gonna give myself two hours to do this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna know that I have a chunk of time, and it's just gonna get done when it gets done. Yeah. No. I'm just saying, like you know, you you go to work, and then when you're not at work, you're still making time to do the things that you want to do. And you never let that get in the way of, the you know these kids and adults too who you're teaching, and it's really admirable. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that. Do you, you guys know, do you guys want me to leave? Yeah, we're gonna make out now. Yeah, man. We should probably try to do. You that. know what we're gonna do? We're gonna pee together right now. We'll pee floor. together, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, we're not gonna tell the kids right, which panel we peed on. <laughs> let, let me get my phone out so I can ca- capture this for posterity. <laughs> This will be great. All right, ready, guys, and go. Yeah, but see, Dylan, the thing is, it's like it's not even like it's not even a thought though, because it's like again for me, it's it's like they're peeing right. It's now. also it's also symbiotic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Where it's like I my life is doing what I like to do and showing people how cool it is. Mm. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like I obviously make time for my students because you know. They're paying good money to be here, and it's my job to give them what they've paid for. Um, I am going to do what I do anyways. So, you know, I remember it's funny because Trevor was talking to me about this. He's like, don't, listen, don't be like other people that buy businesses and then just, like, stop doing their thing. And I'm like, dude, I bought a business so I could do my thing. Yeah. You know, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, like I have – we have two functioning studios in here. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever have to pay anyone ever again to make the stuff I want to make. I literally can just do it like on my own free time. And like, you know, the CP I was making, most of the tracks were done in between lessons. Like somebody didn't show up. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll put that harmonic, that harmonics part like layer down. You got that extra, totally, yeah, now you got that extra 30 that minutes. That extra 30 minutes to lay this yeah. thing down. Yeah. I mean, the, the truth is it's like for like, I mean, I, I think like recording wise, it took me like maybe like a month to do. But the bass was always plugged in in control room A in case no one showed up. And sometimes I'd get there early to do stuff, you know? I don't know. It's just a cool – again, it's like I, I don't really think about it. It's just kind of like I'm just – I'm just – I'm trying to take advantage of the opportunity I have, really. It's like I have – I own this place that I really care about and I can make stuff. I can make my own art, which is really all I've ever wanted to do. So, like, there, it's just, it's just great that they're all in the same place. As far as I'm concerned, you know. Hell yeah. 
Yeah. And I've always wanted to be a, uh, a, a cheesy talk show host. Uh, and you guys have given me the uh, the opportunity to facilitate to facilitate that. We're all so, making cool plays, boys. Aren't we doing things? <laughs> it's it's, it's great. It's great game. to do I things. Heard that in a while. It's cool plays. Cool yeah, plays. we haven't said that in a while. That's a, that's a Sean Fairleyism right there that I that I that that's very underrated. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's all just. Well, I'm there's just, a lot I'm of just things about Sean underrated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but you know, again, I'm just I'm just doing what I like to do. I don't I don't think of it that way. I probably would have a. I did have a bad work ethic when I wasn't. Doing what I wanted to do. Well, right. Well, <laughs> Maybe that's you know, that's that yeah. I think, I think that's point. what it is. Like really, like yeah. You know, I like I know I like I know a lot of players out there that like they you know, for lack of a better term, they're you know weekend warriors and like they you know they've got a nine to five job and then they go out and play you know when they can on the weekends, mm-hmm. but they don't really get to give, they don't really get to put their full joy behind what they want to do, because they spend so much time just trying to make money. You know, like, no, I, I hear you saying, and I'm very, I'm very empathetic for that. And when people, I don't know, people blow a lot of smoke up my ass, and I, I don't know, I, I get uncomfortable by it because, as far as I'm concerned, like I'm just doing what I'm doing, right? Like when you say like, oh, Chris, Bruce, whatever, I'm like, Nick, come on, I'm just a guy doing it. Like, you're stop. really fucking good, dude. Well, you know what, Nick? Like the truth is, is it's like I just, I just was, a, I, I was able to do it and put the time in, and that's how I see it. Where it's like, you know, I have very supportive parents that even though, you know, like, you know, again, my dad's like a sports guy. You would think he would be like, oh, God, a musician? Dude, he like paid, well, he paid for, if, he paid if, for my whole if college. If you only were to describe him as a sports guy, yeah. But, but he's, he's more than that. He's more than that. Absolutely. And like, you know. I'm I, saying on paper, it's like, there's no way a guy like this would be like, okay, cool. Like, my son's going to be a musician. He drove us across the country. He drove us across the country. Yeah. Dr. Sinus, Fuck yeah, dude. This guy is the greatest dad a person can ask for. And like, I don't know where I would be without him. I heard, it's about, the same the, thing. I heard about the smells. Oh, I made yeah. a lot of stinks. <laughs> like, uh, I, I made some I, serious I stinks. Joke, I remember joking with Chris <laughs> about this. Uh, yeah, like l- last year we were talking about that tour. Just, just in conversation, me and your dad, and he had such a great time. But one of the, one of like one of the greatest joys, like one of the greatest things he talked about about that that tour, taking you boys across the country, was getting to see you in your element. Yeah, you know, and and getting to bond with you on that level, and it really it meant a lot to him. Like you know, well, it meant a lot to me that he I, wanted to do of it. Of course, it did, and 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 it's. He, you know, I, I don't know. My my parents have always been quasi. Well, shit, your dad's a fucking badass bass player. Yeah, like, you know but what he that's always like. told me, like, dude, you better have a fallback. <laughs> Even he's, uh, yeah. My dad, honestly, I, I'll be I'll be real with you guys. I I played a serious I played a serious game of hardball when I was eighteen years old, where like I kind of like got like straight C's and like a bunch of D's. Solid. Just so just to let him know that it's like, hey, I'm not gonna do anything else. <laughs> well, I so he was like dropped out and, of and high he, school, so like my dad was I like, got, All I, right. got, "I got the piece of paper, but you know the thing that's funny is he was like, well, I guess I mean, shit, I guess you can't do anything else. I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll help you out with this, right? And like it's crazy because like my mother and my father have never been anything but supportive. Like I, as far as I see it, like I want, like if I wasn't great, I would be the biggest piece of shit." Because I wasn't properly utilizing my time mm. is the way I see it. So it's like when people go like, wow, you're so fucking good. I always tell them like, dude, like I was given time and I used it. If anybody – and I hear it from people all the time and I feel really bad for them because like 
they didn't have time. You can always say, oh, yeah, make time. But some people, like, just didn't, they don't have it, you yeah. know? And I feel bad for that. And that's exactly why I fucking bust my, like, this is exactly why I put so much time into it. And this is why I care about it so much. Because, like, if I'm going to be that guy that gets that chance, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the fucking best possible artist I can possibly be. All right. That's the way I see it. So, you know, that's 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 how I look at it. And it's like, oh, well, I, I, it was funny because in, in college, one of my friends, he was like, yeah, you're super modest. And it's like almost off-putting. <laughs> I'm like, well, dude, what the hell do you want me to say to you? You yeah, know what I mean? I, I, I've never really been that good about talking about myself either. Um, because, I don't know, like, what, what the fuck else am I going to do? Like. You know, I can, thing too, I, I can swing a hammer. I can work construction. I've done it. I don't. I don't hate it. I I do enjoy it, but I wouldn't want to do it every fucking day. The only thing I could think that I would want to do every day music is music, entertainment, yeah. be an entertainer. And uh, I, I don't. I don't really consider myself to be a musician. I play. I sing. I'm. I'm no slouch. I'm good at it, but I consider myself an entertainer. Well, I like that angle, and again, you know, we, we use different words for ourselves right. because we really we see ourselves to that way. What the fuck? Like, we're doing. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not even to justify. It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, we're musicians, but yeah. you like entertaining people. I like making things. So it's like, it's too. Th- this is the best part about music is you can do both. Oh yeah, and I do do both. Well, yeah, we all you know, we all do. like you know, but like you know, you, you are entertaining. You're you're fun to watch up there on stage. Well, I appreciate you're, that. You're, you're so much fun to fucking listen to. I really enjoy your stuff. Thanks, man. Um, but you know, we're not. It's like the guys that get into this business to get patted on the back. No, and you know what? You get it when you earn it. Like, yeah. Like I, that was one of the greatest things about like working here in the beginning was. When I was fresh out of college, like I was, again, talking about that bubble, you know, like everyone wanted me to sound like Jacko and I didn't get down with that kind of plane. It was a lot to think about. It was, it was something that never really, I grew up with. Mm. I was more into like, you know, guys like Justin Chancellor, like Ben Kenny, who kind of had this like, sort of like, I don't know, they, they had their own kind of style. And like when I heard that Jacko thing where it's like that, like, it just sounded, it was very technical and I didn't have like any love for it. And I remember, like, when I started working here, like, you know, they would need bass tracks on recordings. And I would start doing that because I got it beat into my head, like, yo, man, if you want to be a serious fucking bass player, you got to transcribe all that Jacko shit. You got to learn all of his licks because that's what people want to hear. And it's funny because we're doing some, like, I don't even remember what the song was, but I was, like, playing a lot of fucking notes. And Anthony, like, (laughs) hit the space bar and was like, yeah, can you just, like, play the root notes like in straight eighth notes and I almost got a boner because I was like oh my god like that's all I have to do I was so relieved because here I am with a guy who used to fucking mix for fucking Daryl Hall telling me hey can you just keep it simple and I was like oh this is what it's actually like this is what bass playing is he actually worked, like he worked with, he worked with Daryl Hall he, he fucking engineered for fucking Daryl Hall for like oh, a few shit. years yeah actually it was funny because he was in a band and I don't I, I, was he doing like the, the Daryl's house thing or you know what honestly he'd be a great person to interview because his story's insane but like well when's he coming back he's around 
Yeah. Anthony? Yeah, Anthony. No, Anthony's still he's he's doing the Keller Williams thing. I think he's still in town. Yeah, but anyways, um I thought he moved to Tejas. That's yeah. the plan. That's the plan. Oh, that's okay. the plan. Yeah, he's getting there. He's working. Oh, we got to get him in then. Yeah, we absolutely. Gotta, yeah, absolutely. Well, you got his number. He's a he's a great interview man. He's a great person to talk to. I would love to, to get him in here. But well, um, um, the thing that's funny when you is say he's doing the Keller Williams thing. You mean the real estate? Yeah, he's a real okay. estate agent. Okay, there. I yeah, thought he's not in the band. Keller. So if well, you're looking, so if you're looking for a second. house. <laughs> Well, real estate's a great band, by the way. But anyways, oh, real estate's a great band. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so anyway, so anyways, no. But seriously, like, so oh, what the hell are they saying? Um, Anthony, we're talking about how awesome Anthony is. So it was funny because I, it's really funny how you like revisit people in your lives, or you 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 know you cut you come together again. Because I remember Blue Soul did a rock and red battle of the bands, and the band that won, Sean Fraley, was playing drums in. And like I remember, like they—that's funny, dude. It was a landslide. Like they were so much better than every other band that played. And like I kind of was like, "Fuck!" Like I want a piece of this because like I got really like excited. You want a piece of Sean Fairley? <laughs> yeah, I want. I wanted him. Who doesn't? Like I wanted piece. him. Like a big piece. But it was funny because like just, fat. just out of the back fat off Sean Fairley. <laughs> This is when MySpace was still a thing, and I contacted the singer, and I was like, "Hey, if your bass player ever decides oh, to fuck, I miss MySpace." Yeah, MySpace was pretty cool, but it, anyway, so so much more fun than Facebook. So anyway, so I, t- I, I, I just sent the guy like the most desperate, like, "Hey, if your bass player for whatever godforsaken reason quits, I'd love to play bass for you." And he goes, "Well, it's funny you said that because my guitar player and my bass player both just quit." <laughs> So it'd be great to have you come in, and I was like, "This guy's fucking with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive to this kid's house. He's gonna beat the shit out of me." <laughs> and quite the opposite happened. This is kind of this, you know, this is kind of the third project after like hanging out with you and James and playing music with you guys. Like this is kind of like the third project, and it was just a huge step up for my child. Like this guy was so creative. He was into like, it was kind of funny because it was like. He, this guy, Mike Stacy, who's just one of the most incredible musicians I've ever had the fortune of playing with. Like, this guy was writing the riffs that, like, Slash would be like, Jesus Christ. We, like, probably fucked up. Because <laughs> this guy was writing some shit that was just, like, next-level stuff. And, like, oh, man, he was just so good. But anyway, so, like, we lost this battle of the bands. And I'm playing with this kid now, so I'm as happy as a pig and shit. While this is going on, Anthony was one of the judges. And one of the prizes was you get to, like get like a free month lesson at the original music school when he was still owning it and that's when they were still in Cedar Knowles and uh, we went Where there for like a month there was on Richdale Avenue right oh I couldn't tell you I should know that but I don't know it I think it, was, it on, was some random warehouse you know I think it was on Richdale like by the Walmart that actually sounds right yeah yeah, yeah I remember that yep but anyways, I, it was a great I, place. I, I, I mean, I grew up in Cedar Knoll, as far so. as recording, that place was was great. This th- that room was was fantastic. But like you know, it was funny because like he gave us some pointers, and like I liked a lot of the things he had to say as far as like writing songs. But he gave me shit about my bass playing a lot, and I was like, man, fuck this guy, you know. And it was funny because like I spent all this time like in like all of these like uh, like genres where it was like high octane, like note freak fest. And I kind of got used to, like, just mm-hmm. playing a lot all the time. And then when I started playing, like, here, you know, all that stuff kind of came rushing back. And I was like, you know, the guy was always saying the right things. He's like, why are you working so hard? Why don't you just play something simple, you know? Like, ah, fuck you, man. I want to do my thing. <laughs> but he was right. You know, it's like, it like, it like, it like you're making your life so hard right now. And it was like, yeah, sometimes you just need to 
Go with the flow. Just keep it simple, man. Yeah. Sometimes you're just honestly just getting in the way, and it happens. I was uh, like um, getting back to Mingo real quick. Um, I learned a lot because I'd been away from the scene for a while, and and playing and playing shows with him really kind of in, like I had like I had to embrace this go with the flow attitude because I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen mm-hmm. and he would do these and he still does these really great like odd renditions of songs um like he'll do brown eyed girl in a minor yeah with, yeah like, yeah with like this like like eastern european riff you know, like, like the Carpathian version. Yeah, he's got some really fun. He's got some really f- like weird, like but sh- like s- s- uh, simultaneously cool like takes on things. Really cool shit. Really, really cool. It throws shit. you for a loop though, because you're like, oh, I know that one. And you're like, wait, you, you a know minute. it, but you don't. <laughs> you know it, but you don't. It's like, oh, shit. But like, you know, starting an A minor for like Honky Tonk Woman, which I've always done it in G. Yeah. And then they take it well, to A minor, does. yeah. <laughs> and then A minor to D minor, A minor. And well, like, that mingle likes his A minor. <laughs> he just, he just, he just likes the whole Carpath- Carpathian dealy deal, and uh, and you can't, you can't fault him for it. Um, <laughs> thanks, Dill. That was subtle. You could have just done that. You could have just tapped your watch. But, uh, no, I wanted to let you know. Got, much obliged. Not time, not, not to wrap it up yet, but you know. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're, we're getting close to the wrap up. We're getting close to the wrap up. I get it. I also, get it. T- tell him about what what I just did. Tell him about he what just I just wrote did. upside down ten min. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was impressive that you were able to do that upside down. It's not bad. It's not bad. You know. It's a little messy, but. But yeah, I don't know. It's like the thing. The the, the truth is, is I. <laughs> See, how I do? <laughs> that actually isn't so bad either. Good. He wrote yeah. "fuck you" if you guys are no, wondering. I wrote "fuck off." Oh, fuck off! My bad. My bad. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, I think I think you meant to write "fun off." We're gonna have a fun off. Right we now. are gonna have a fun off. No, it's gonna be a funk off. I like trial and error. I've always Likewise. like if I could ever give anybody, it, I, I have I have a, I have a hard time giving people advice sometimes because I almost want to always tell them and I basically do in way too many words is you're going to just want to go ahead and just figure it out for yourself where it's like, yeah, you know, like be a good buddy, you know, be nice to everybody you're hanging out with. Listen, listen to a lot of music too. you know, be open-minded when you find people you really like playing, like stick with them. Cause that's a special thing. Cause again, you know, talking about like good players, I know a lot of really good musicians. They're not my phone book anymore. You know, well, that's funny you say that because I mean, like, it is great to play with people that you love and you love to play with, but as time goes on, you know, lives change, life happens. You can't, yeah. you're not, you can't, you can't, dis, you can't, you know, rely on those same people every every time, every year, every day. Um, as long as you keep playing, it doesn't really matter who you're working with. Well, you say that, but at the same time, it's like when you find those when you, dudes. When you though, find those gems, when you find those dudes, you, you, like you, you, you uh, of course, embrace. Those I mean, relationships, I'll, 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 embrace I'll, those Nick. friendships and those and those work relationships and the and the and the and the working together on building something. But as long as you're working and you're happy with the product and you're happy with what's coming out of you and out of the band, it like you know, because line, lineups change. Oh you know, sure, yeah. Like I've, I've I've been in a lot of bands and I've I've fi- I've fired a lot of guys that were very good, but their habits or their lives got in the way. Yeah. Of themselves. Absolutely. So, 
you know, to, like it is it is really important to 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 you know look at people that you love and appreciate and work with them as often as you possibly can. But if if things get in the way. Don't get hung up on it. Like, don't, don't, don't stop a gig because don't, like, don't cancel a show because, you know, you know, one guy can't make the gig. Oh, totally. Well, again, again, this is why you have a good community. This is why you have a community. Because, like, if one guy can't make the gig, you know, like, the, like, there's been gigs. Like, we've gotten last minute gigs where Sean Farrelly wasn't available for Spanakopita because he was either with Lady Marmalade. Or with City Limit, or one of the other thirty fucking bands he plays. In. <laughs> and so I've I've just gone through my phone and sent. Like, I'll call Brett Ross, and if Brett Ross can't do it, I'll, I'll call you know I'll I'll text Sean Myers. If Sean Myers can't do it, I'll I'll talk to well, Matt, Matt Thornby. Just like there, are, you know I, you know you build relationships and you work with guys yes, absolutely, and it's those relationships. You know it doesn't matter what the lineup is. As long as everyone's as long as everyone's having fun. If you're with good people and they care, yeah. you're gonna have a good time. Oh, absolutely. But like you know, that I mean it's funny how me and, and Sean if, if you pizza when you should French fry, you're gonna have a bad you're time. You're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like No, but it's really funny how me and Sean are like on the complete opposite wavelength these days regarding like our uh like I guess like our schedules, so to speak, where it's like I have deliberately for like like the past like year and a half now like I don't take on new stuff unless like it's something really really special cause like when I when when like the three of us when Trevor left to go to Austin like the three of us were like wait a minute like yeah he was awesome but like not only what a great way to keep his memory alive to still play together we could do this you know oh for sure we could absolutely do it and yeah. it's and so like what I love about the three of us doing all right, I'm doing I'm doing three things right now, and two of them are the same people. Where it's like Lady Marmalade is playing a lot of cover gigs, and we're we're having a lot of fun playing for people, playing a lot of bars, making some money. Dylan is because he's playing with people he likes to play with, is making his music, and I get to make that with him, you know. And I'm making I'm doing my solo music, and I was always one of those kids ever since I was like 14 that was always in like five or six projects. And um, I would say for anybody out there who, like, has found people that they really like playing with and they're not sure where to go, I would say stick with those guys. It's fun to play music with other people, but one of the things that I – I made a lot of promises to too many people over the years, and I don't know if that was the smartest move. I think I learned a lot and I got a lot better at my instrument. Right. But, you know, I'm still kind of like this hired gun kind of guy. I'm fortunate because I have, like, the school and stuff like that. I make a good living teaching. But, like, as far as, like, a performer, like, I'm still just, like, one of those guys. Like, yeah, sure. I'll play I, bass. My old man made a, a really nice uh, relationship, uh, a reputation and a living for himself being that hired gun. Yeah. That's why he got the name Johnny Five. And there's nothing That's wrong with it. That's what they called him. It was Johnny Five. And I mean, he was in at least five bands at any given time. <laughs> right. Well, we got it. We got it. That, and he was also part robot. And uh, you ever saw Short Circuit? He was number five. I like. That's Connor's life stream. Dude. I've always, I remember when they asked you, like, what you wanted to be when you grew up, I said cyborg. Because I didn't realize that cyborg wasn't a profession. <laughs> I, I just wanted to be a cyborg. I, I, wanted to be a, I wanted to be a gigolo. 
until I realized it had nothing to do with Italian ice cream. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was funny. Venture. Sorry. You, you were talking about the work ethic thing a little while ago, and it's like, I think like also one of the reasons that I can do that is because, again, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm not spreading myself too thin. And mm. if you're in that situation where you have to do a lot of gigs, right on, man, have those experiences, have fun. But at the point I'm in in my life, I really like just playing with my boys and then doing my thing. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the truth is it's like the thing I really care about more than anything is my loops. You know, like I write some songs with like actual lyrics and stuff like that. And like, they're, you know, that's fun for me because I get to get shit off my chest. I'm not, but I, I've never really been good at like with songwriting – I'm good in an analytical place with, like, students and, like, t- showing them the ropes and, like, how to, like, basically alleviate writer's block. But as far as writing my own music, I can't write something if it has nothing to do with me, like, being e- extremely disturbed about something that's really bothering <laughs> me in my life. All my songs, like, with lyrics are super dark and they're bad and they're, like very angry or sad or dark because I'm trying to get this I'm trying to rip you this wanted, thing out of my you chest. You wanted to do what you want. I, I need I need to get it out. I need right. to get it out. I only really I've I, I don't I haven't written a lot of songs myself, but like as far as, you know, traditional songs with lyrics. But when I do, they need to come out. Because if I if they don't, I'm gonna fester on it. Right. And like but that you, that's but, it's like a cathartic thing though for me. Like where you, it's like But you had set out to do what you want. And you're doing what you want, yes. Because you're spending your time doing what you want, you know. And like when I when I came back from Phoenix, the only goal I had in my head was, I want to host as many open mics as possible. And now I'm out Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hosting open mic nights. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And I love the scene. I love what I what I've been able to cultivate, and and the, and the friendships. And the relationships that I've been able to build, and the and, and the ability to encourage, you know, guys coming up, guys coming back into it, yeah, to to just to well, also take, people to who- take some kind of joy out of out of what I put out there. What like I, I sh- you know, I'm basically being paid to just set my PA system up in the bar. Well, you got to play and a few songs. <laughs> I, I, I start the show, and yeah. if, and if nobody shows up, and seriously. It happens at least once a year at every one of every one of my open mic nights where like there'll be one night in every one of my shows where nobody shows up. Oh man! So it's the Nick show. Yes, yeah, so for three can, hours. Yeah. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm. Well, still, you fucking know. I mean, you know, like, like five hundred songs. <laughs> I know. I, I, I yeah, probably around like three fifty, four hundred songs, and like. I like you know that's how I market. Like if nobody shows up, I can do it. You're getting the Nick show, yeah. and Nick's gonna be here performing for three fucking hours. I might take a break, but you got me for three hours yeah. at least, at least. And that's that's what I set out to do. I set out to do that seven years ago, and and I know that because Hurricane Sandy was seven years ago. Oh, and that's that's my benchmark. That long. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Back in 1904, Hurricane Santa came through here. But anyway, but like, you know, that's what I, that was the goal I set out to accomplish was to host as many open mics as I possibly could. And now I have Sunday through Wednesdays um, hosting these shows. And then I book my gigs Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, and some Sundays. And it, it seems so unattainable when I first set out to do it. And then it just, 
kind of fucking happened because I just kept that good attitude. Well, you just, I kept you just that, keep doing it. And I just kept, yeah, I just kept fucking plucking away and, and shaking hands and being good to bar owners and being good to the venues and being good to the patrons and, and cultivating relationships. And, and that's something you've been able to do too. In your own right, with with the students oh and, my with, God, and with your open mic that you're doing at Tavern off the Green, and with you know just everywhere, like you, like I really I don't know of anybody that I that knows you that knows me that that I've heard a bad story about you because you're one of those I guys that just keeps want to be just, a dickhead. You don't want to be a dick. <laughs> you want you want to be you want to be you're you're very present. When you go into a show, you're 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 in the moment. You're well, it's easy because I care. I, I just I just it's like it's I don't have to tell myself to do it. Right. Well, it's it's we shouldn't have to tell ourselves right. to do it because it should it should just be this natural fluid right. thing. We shouldn't have to force it, and we don't force it. We just do it. Right. Because this is what we're put on this planet to do. Exactly. And this is why exactly. you're here. This is why Dylan's here. I guess it's why I'm here. <laughs> you know, but like. You know, you you've been you've been such a treat to work with. You've been such a treat to to listen to, and and you've been such a you've been a great friend. And yeah, I, Nick, I fucking love you, man. I love you too, buddy. And I, I think this is a really good spot to end this on. So the next song we're gonna hear to close out this show is called "On a Winter Morning." Yeah, this is probably my favorite loop I've ever written. And I've I actually, heard it. I actually would. Yeah, I play that one a lot. That's yeah. the one with like that. I love it. Yeah, well, we're all <laughs> the really, the really, the really, the really pretty one. It's a really great way to describe it. Hey, it's the one that goes. I would just really like to. I would really like to. I would really like to end. Sorry. I would really like to just just say something where it's like I think the best advice I can give anybody is um, if you are trying to make a living being a musician, you're definitely going to have to learn another trade. Do yeah, you should probably not do it. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm just kidding. No, go ahead, no, but go ahead. so it's like you should definitely uh, learn. Like I don't know, there's 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 a protocol to it, and I think you should learn to appreciate like all of that stuff. But don't ever lose that person inside of you that wanted to like make this stuff. Because it's like if I really listen, if I actually like a hundred percent listen to everybody with that good advice, I wouldn't be making the music I'm making today. And I think the loop thing that I do is the thing that really makes me feel the most like myself. And I think if I and Keep I think if centered. I I think if I took that th- their advice too much and really like was a good boy and like mm-hmm. became a good bass player, I would have ditched that a long time ago. And I would have definitely sunken into like the cracks like I feel like way too many people fall into. So I think that if you find that perfect center of just learning the craft and like appreciating the craft and learning to listen to others and learning how things work with no matter what style of music it is or no matter what people you're working with. I think that's super important, but don't ever let go of that person who like looked at the instrument for the first time and went like, wow, like what can I do with this? Cause that's the thing that I think makes us all special really like at the end of the day. Well, I think what makes you so special is uh, my ass and my stinks. Your, your, sex, your, your sexy butt and the weird smells that come out of it. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. So, without any further ado, kids, here comes On a Winter Morning by Connor Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, kids, that was On a Winter Morning by Connor Larkin. You can find it on on iTunes and the Spotify. But go to go to Bandcamp to buy it because that's like the best way to to pay Connor. Yeah, ConnorLarkin.bandcamp. He, he doesn't make he he doesn't make a lot of money here, but yeah, go to Connor Larkin <laughs> at bank at dot right ConnorLarkin.bandcamp.com, right? <coughs> that's how that goes. ConnorLarkin.bandcamp.com. Yeah, everyone should listen to the Mercury program. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'd say yeah. All right. And kids, as always, this show is brought to us by the original music school of Morristown, shaping young minds for way too long. Goodness gracious, you guys are weird. But go to OriginalMusicSchool.com and call 973-998-8977 and make sure you guys check this show out because it's also on Google Play. It's going to be on iTunes and on the Spotify's. And go to NickKena.com to check out what my open mics are. And uh, and also, it's another way to find this show. But if you go to Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, make sure to give this show five stars. Give it a good fucking rating. Please. Seriously. Please. When's the, last, when's the last time you heard a fucking show that said fuck this much and talked about New Jersey musicians? I mean, fucking hell. Oh, I fucking love saying fuck. Fucking hell. It's a great fucking word. Fucking love saying so, fuck. So, yeah. Give us five stars. That way they give, they give us some money eventually. Yeah. We're not getting paid for this shit. Eventually, we're going to get paid for this shit. I hope. That's like kind of like, it is the end goal. I mean, I I said I want to do this podcast because it was going to be fun, but like you know, some money would be nice. Once we interview Dave Chappelle, that's when we get the real Mooley. Oh, you know? I have his number. Oh, you got it, Dave. No, I I'm, 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 I'm hoping that within the next year we can get Dave Grohl and Bill Murray in here. Dave Grohl's my hero. See, that's your there. There goes your hero. There Bill goes Murray's, my hero. Bill Murray's my hero. Bill Murray's also my hero. Dude, he's my hero. Get your own. Coming you back to Dave Grohl. But coming back to Bill. the Wes Anderson thing, though. You know yeah. what? You, you you asked um, City Limit favorite Bill Murray. Yeah. Okay. Movies? Yes. Who, who are your top three uh, Bill Murray movies? Rushmore. Yep. Life Aquatic, and oh man, I don't like, know. Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say we're all ten. They're all those are three great films, oh and they're all and they are all three great Bill Murray films. But. There's a reason Bill, when Bill like gets out in front of a camera, it's usually with Wes, you know. Well, lately, yeah, but yeah. like you know, Ghostbusters. Come on, I didn't grow up with that. You should have. I know. My biggest regret. You want to borrow my time machine? I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Me and Connor are going to go jump in the time machine, and we're going to go back, and we're going to go to a movie theater in 1981 and watch Ghostbusters. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So be good, for goodness sake. You good? I'm good. You good? I'm great. Dill, you good? Good. All right. Dill's got a date. We're going to fuck off. See you guys next week. <laughs> good night. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs>